Uh, joining us now covers the NBA for Forbes and the Raptors for Forbes, and you got to check out. He does such a good job on his on the Raptors Republic YouTube channel. His Raptor recaps. As Fandiar Barahidi is joining us. E, thanks so much for being part of the show today. Thank you for having me, as always, man. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, well, let's start here. For me, Harden is the hardest player for me to cheer for. Just all, you know, just forcing his way out on three teams. And beyond that, I always yeah. wonder, how many coaches, how many assistant coaches lost their jobs soon after whatever team he uh, he fled? And so for me, it's it, he's number one. How say you? Is it is it difficult for you to root for Harden, or can you separate it all and just marvel at him and his athletic ability? Huh, I think he's probably near the top of the hard to root for uh, category. I I think there's just a level of you know not even untapped potential, but just like you want him to be the guy in those moments and he has not been able to live up to the hype in those certain moments, the playoff failures. You look at, you know, the, the series against the Celtics last year, I can name to a bunch of different rocket series where he was the main guy and couldn't close it out against, you know, albeit a very good warriors team, but yeah, I, yeah. I think Harden is probably on the, you know, the other side of the spectrum when it comes to guys you can't really root for. That's definitely true. Yeah, it's, actually, I was thinking about it. Also, I put like Zaza Pachulia just um, just because the dirtiness That's of him. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I just I, it just came to my it came to my head. Um, how wrong has James Harden made gas bags like me that thought? And maybe it fails. Maybe the guys all get banged up and injured. Um, the Clippers start out zero and five with Harden on the team. Since then, they've been the best team in the NBA. How wrong is James Harden making people like me look? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he's making y'all look a little, a little dumb right now. I'm not gonna lie to you, just because it's fine. Been, it's fine. <laughs> he's been phenomenal. Um, I mean, the way that. So the thing is, the Clippers have desperately needed a point guard for, I'd say, about three or four year, years now. They tried it with Russell Westbrook last year. I think Westbrook actually helped them a lot. And they still needed a little bit more juice. The reason for that is, you know, Kawhi, for all of his talents, for all of his exploits, is not necessarily the best playmaker. You know, you think of the 2019 championship team. That was Kyle Lowry kind of manning the ship for the Raptors. Um, and Paul George isn't one of those playmaker types either, even though he's improved as a guy who can, you know, pass the ball. They need someone to set them up, to set the table for them. And there might right. not be a better player in the NBA at setting the table for his teammates than James Harden, who was the assist leader last year with the Sixers. So, you know, I think he's just putting his teammates in, in positions to thrive. And the pressure is off for him to be, you know, that guy. And I just mentioned it, you know, he's had multiple series where, He's failed as the guy. He hasn't been able to, you know, kind of beat the Warriors or beat the Celtics. And there's been multiple moments in the playoffs you can point to as Harden being the guy and not being able to take his team over the hump. Well, in L.A. with the Clippers, he doesn't necessarily have that pressure to be the guy. It's going to be on Kawhi. It's going to be on Paul George in those moments. And, you know, for him, it's just be that point guard, be that facilitator. It's a, it's a really good spot for him to be at this point in his career, to be honest with you. And that last sentence proves karma doesn't exist. But I will say, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stand it, but it's, it's sports hate, not real hate. Um, 
The good thing is the Clippers will be this great villain in the playoffs. It's like in baseball. You need the Yankees in the playoffs because you need someone to root against. Going over to the Toronto Raptors, and again, I suggest everyone go to the Raptors Republic YouTube channel. Check out the work this man does uh, recapping every game. Um, I read this quote that Ryakovich is going to have Scotty Barnes in line to start at point guard tonight with uh, Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench, uh, a thigh contusion injury for Emmanuel Quickly. Your thoughts on Scotty Barnes, and we've seen this in his three years here, but Scotty Barnes as the point guard. Yeah, we saw it for a couple of weeks there in December before the OG trade and before the Pascal trades. Uh, you know, they slid Dennis Schroeder to the bench. They put Scotty in as their point guard. And you saw him initiate a couple of pick and rolls, make some more plays. I think that's an area of his game where he's really improved is like his pick and roll craft. And if you're putting the ball in his hands more often, actually, you know, it's funny. You talk about the Clippers. I just brought up that Kawhi and PG aren't necessarily the playmaker types. But one thing that PG and Kawhi have become elite at is sort of manipulating to get their own shots in the pick and roll. So they're using that snake dribble. They're trying to get into space, especially to their mid-range shots. And if Scotty wants to improve as the sort of score, this offensive creator, he needs to be able to work on how he's going to get to his spots with the ball. And when you're a point guard, you just have the ball more often. So there's just more opportunities for you to kind of iron out those reps and get more experience as the lead guy. So, yeah, it should be a good experience for Scotty. Um, and, you know, hopefully quickly is is back up and running soon. What are you watching for now? Because, obviously, this is a team that's not re- – I mean, you know, if everything falls right, they get the 10 spot. But what sure. for you as you uh, – what are the main things you're watching for with this team in terms of individual players, development, storylines? What are the number ones for you? I think you're looking at, like, I mean, the key word I'm going to mention, and hey, if you have me on again, I'll mention it again, it's development. Uh, I think development is the one word I will use throughout the rest of the season. It's how can Scotty improve in all of the little areas of his game? You know, he's obviously improved as a defender, a three-point shooter so far this season, but now that he's the number one, undisputed number one option on a team, how is he able to deal with multiple different coverages? How is he able to score in different on different teams? You know, teams that are maybe bigger than him, teams that are smaller than him. How is he going to, you know, kind of game plan and problem solve in real time as this, you know, de facto number one option for the Raptors now. And, you know, now it's on him to to turn from, okay, cool, he might be an all-star this year, but now it's like, all right, well, let's see how much more you can kind of squeeze out of your game. So I think development is the main thing with Scotty. It's the same thing with Emmanuel Quickly. It's He's now the lead point guard for a team in New York. He was really, really desperate to get that type of limelight and be that starting point guard so now he has the opportunity how is he going to grow as a playmaker how is he going to balance that with his unbelievable shooting and scoring ability for rj barrett it's being a better decision maker being a guy who can stay consistently on the floor activity on the defensive end i know darko ryakovich mentioned you know using him more as an athlete in transition they've done that incredibly so far into his tenure with the raptors so it's like these little tiny tertiary skills that these guys need to pick up now that they're in these newfound roles. Um, And that is all in the name of development. So, yeah, that's the word, development. Yeah. No, but it it makes sense. The one name you didn't mention is um, recently acquired Bruce Brown, who was excellent with the Nuggets when they won the title last year. We saw a lot of great moments from him, certainly against the Miami Heat. 
Is Bruce Brown a Raptor at the end of this year? Or no, let me ask you this. Because, you know, instead okay. of the prediction game, what makes the most sense for the Raptors with a player that would be very valuable to teams that are eyeing a deep playoff run? What, what, what do you think makes the most sense when it comes to the Raptors and Bruce Brown? I mean, I think you mentioned it. Like, right in that sentence, the value of a player like Bruce Brown, it's hard to pass up on him being a guy who – you know, could potentially swing the the title race in any which way. And so if you're a team like the Nuggets, I don't think the Nuggets would be interested right now just because they can't trade for a guy like Bruce Brown. But if you're a team that's <laughs> near the top of the West or the East, so if you're the Bucks or if you're the Sixers or if you're, you know, a team like the Thunder or Timberwolves or any of these teams that are trying to just shore up their rotation a little bit heading into the postseason, hopefully for a deep playoff run, you're looking at a guy like Bruce Brown to add to that rotation. And like you said, NBA champion has been there, done that, like has been a very important part of a recent champion. That is a very valuable player to have on your roster. And I think it's more valuable to potentially trade a player like that because of the return that he can garner, because teams also think that he can, you know, sort of change this title race if he were to get traded. So I mean, it, you know, back to your original question, I don't think Bruce will be on this team in a couple of weeks. I think they will trade him because he is such a valuable player around the league. How much better are the Knicks now that they got OG Ananobi? <laughs> they, okay, so if, if you were to ask me a month ago, they had no chance, no puncher's chance whatsoever against the Celtics, the Sixers, the Bucks, right? Just not a chance yeah. in the world, just because... They had no one to potentially guard Tatum. They had no one to potentially guard Giannis or Dane. They had no one to guard Embiid or Maxi. And now they have a player who can guard all of them. <laughs> so I, I think that is the main difference maker. I mean, I'm sure you brought it up on your show, but he is like plus a thousand in the minutes that he's played with the Knicks so far. They've only lost two games of the 13 that OG has played. They're the second best defense this year. Um, everything is clicking for New York right now. And the crazy thing is that they're dealing with injuries. They're missing their, their starting center in Mitchell Robinson and the backup center who replaced him with, you know, since he's been out of the lineup in Isaiah Hartenstein. And they're still steamrolling through teams. They just, Molly whopped the Nuggets last night and absolutely destroyed them. And I, I, I just think that goes to a testament of how much OG matches and fits this team. And, I mean, it's looking good, to be honest with you. I think they have a, not a really good chance, but I would say that puncher's chance is now available for them to maybe potentially upset the Celtics, upset the Bucks, upset the Sixers in a playoff series. Uh, I love the use of Molly Wop, and also that answer also makes me a little <laughs> bit sad. And we'll end with this scale of one to ten on the sports heartbreak scale. How did it feel seeing Pascal Siakam get a triple double against Embiid in the Seventy Sixers? Ah, oh, man, you know I'm a I'm a basketball <laughs> enthusiast, so I love when guys get the love they deserve. Uh, and to see OG, obviously, you know, they have OG chance now in Madison Square Garden and the amount of love that he's getting there as people talking about defensive player of the year. I think that's all so well and deserved for a player who has needed that type of love in his career. And for Pascal, I think, you know, a guy who has been, you know, pleading for that type of spacing for the shooting and space that Indiana can offer for so long. And now he finally has it. It's just, as a fan of basketball, you have to be happy that these guys are in environments that 
you know, can be good. And like, I, I know it's for Raptors fans out there. It's very heartbreaking. It's very tough to, you know, digest this. It's a long month. I mean, you're facing Kawhi Leonard and Norm Powell tonight. It's been an emotional whirlwind. There's no question in that, but I think you can sort of take solace in the fact that, Hey, these guys are in positions to thrive now in the NBA and, you know, they're going to, they're going to make the most out of it. So, yeah. E, where can people find you? Where can they find your work? Uh, I write for Forbes. I write Raptors stuff for them. And then I do, you know, YouTube content, Raptors recaps and things like that for Raptors Republic right now. So check me out there. Thank you very much for having me, man. Always appreciate. Thanks so much for coming on. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Thank you. That is Asfandiar Barahini, and again, Forbes, and find the work he does with Raptors Republic on their YouTube channel.